Good morning, angels. Good morning. Happy Monday. Right? It's a beautiful day. But there are there is a little bit of a, you know, some, what are those things called that they put into the sky? You know, some little streams of uh, poison, chemtrails, and uh, which creates a little something in the distance. But that's just a reminder that no matter how beautiful things can be, you have to know that there's going to be some man-implemented or spiritual adversary-implemented will, spells, and incantations sent forth to disrupt things. And if that is not something where you scoff when you hear those words, then this is not the podcast for you. So the last time I was trying to have a quick podcast, I was discussing and was inspired to discuss uh, back to school. You know, on both sides, we have the kids who don't really want to go to bed early, who don't want to, you know, um, do certain things that we as parents know that we have to do in order for them to have a successful school year, right? So one of the things that I was also discussing, and so in that I was saying to kids, allow your parents who may have made poor decisions in the past and now you're at an age where you're just you know comfortable with a certain type of thing that you're doing but you have little brothers or sisters and they want to do better with them so now they got to put everybody to bed and so they have you going oh you know I don't want to go to bed and or you know when she said they say go to bed and the younger older one stays up the youngest one is like but what about and we don't want to hear that so everybody go to bed you know um, going to bed is a huge, huge thing. Even for us adults, we need to go to bed when we know we have to get up early. We need to just put ourselves to bed so we can get our behinds up, right? So with that said, one of the things that I really wanted to drive home in regards to school is that we all understand that school is necessary for some, like schooling, the concept of schooling is necessary and when i say the concept of schooling that means you know go off get educated or just be educated period you know um we're huge advocates of homeschooling we know that not everybody can do that because you know you're not home but if you are home kids should not be going to school messy kids should not be having challenges with whatever you know if you're home your job is to make sure that they are okay, right? And so we had, um, you know, some neighbors. And the little girl was a close friend of my daughter's or became a close friend of my daughter's as a direct result of uh, <laughs> not really being taken care of. Or her mom worked and, you know, her grandma worked. So she was often, you know, in a position to get herself ready for school, you know, and, and it didn't always go well. It didn't always go well, her getting herself ready for school. So sometimes, you know, I would allow her to stop over at the house and get her hair done, you know. Um, I didn't often do that because, you know, I was getting my daughter ready. I cannot, and I made a conscious effort and decision to not take on other people's situations that would impact my daughter or my son. Like I can only do so much is what I've always said. 
And I recognize that because my sole goal is to raise and bless these humans that I have, right? So, so with that said, you know, one of the key things for me is that, uh, you know, we just maintain a certain level of positivity. We do what we're supposed to do. And we don't find ourselves allowing ourselves to be used as a tool for the devil. So, so we have to make sure we do what we're supposed to do for these kids. If you're like in a position where you're getting public assistance, you know, to get food, etc., and you don't want to have to, you know, um, use that, you want to make extra money, you know, no, don't do that. You make sure that you are getting food and things and sustenance for your child. Have to get sustenance for your child. Eating is super important for being able to think, behave, do certain things that are required while you're at school. I know as teachers, you know, I may have some teachers that listen, um, and a lot of great teachers often get snacks for the class because they recognize that they have situations where there are kids who aren't eating. And so they get snacks for the class so that they can make sure that they don't have like some grumpy, you know, not able to think kids on their, you know, on their roster. It can be very stressful having some kids like that. So with that said, food and eating is super important. You have kids that are like so stressed, they have like butterflies in their stomach, or they're just like me where they're just not able to really eat first thing in the morning. But after a while, you know, when it all settles in and you're sitting there, your stomach's grumbling, you're hungry. And it's so hard to think when you're hungry and lunch isn't for like a minute, you know? So sending your kids with something, having an agreement with a teacher is something that can also help you be able to, um, you know, give your child what they might need as far as like a snack is concerned, where, you know, they may need a snack, you know, they may need it. And, and in needing the snack, you know, they're able to, um, they're unable to think, they're unable to, you know, they're emotional, like they're doing all kinds of things that are all solely because they need a snack, right? So we want to make sure that we, you know, are giving them what they need to be able to think straight, right? But also nobody needs to be trying to borrow pencils and can I borrow some paper as soon as that happens, you failed as a parent. I'm just saying. And and I know that we have situations where we can't afford it. You know, where it seems like you just don't have it. But I promise you, there's all types of programs. You know, we have to be willing to move our pride aside for our children. Somebody's going to have it in some way, shape, or form where their pride is going to have to be put aside. Even the wealthy their pride will be put aside when their child isn't being watched properly and guided properly. And now, you know, they have to be pulled into a meeting to discuss why Henry or Elizabeth, you know, are behaving in the manner that they're behaving. And the saddest part is that it's because they, it could very well be because they're hungry. So, you know, one of the key things for me 
is making sure that we, you know, uh, give them the tools they need to be successful. So being hungry isn't a thing. Um, Making sure they have the tools. For the wealthy who have all the tools, have the food, they need conversation. How's it going? What you got? What kind of stuff did you have today? And it's not yesterday's news of in the morning the next day when everybody's getting ready for business. You know, we're getting ready for work. And we need to know, how's it going over there, Jenny? You know, real quick. We talk. Is that what they'll say? They'll say, we talk. We talk all the time, right? When, in fact, Jenny is has an attitude with you because she feels like you don't communicate at all. Girls will give you the attitude the quickest. Boys will just fuck around and get in trouble, right? They'll get in trouble. And that'll be your, like, your wake-up call when you get called to the precinct or, you know, or in worst-case scenario, you know, corner. Because, you know, car crashing for wealthy or, or upwardly mobile or middle-class kids that are not being treated properly at home or raised properly is a norm. That's something we all know as um, suburban, living in a suburban environment, you know, you think that, oh, you know, you lose people in the ghetto because of gunfire and, you know, crime. But actually, you lose a lot of people in suburban environments due to, um, you know, overdoses, crashes, and things like that, you know. So we have to really, really just get in there and talk to our damn kids, right? You know, uh, child suicide is on the rise. Why is a child killing themselves? People always ask that question. It is so tough being a kid. It's super tough. You know, talking about powerless to a very extreme for some, to a certain extent for others, because they've got cars and the freedom to move about know money to go do what they want but they're really missing some um like some love that's why they love their grandparents oftentimes and sometimes the grandparents were horrible parents to their kids but at least for the kid who doesn't know that part of them they have somebody who's asking them how things are going how's it going oh i got a terrible teacher got some good teachers this year you know my son has a friend and, um, you know, I'm really not for the friend. And I don't, I'm not like that with a lot of people, but I, I have certain things, like certain guidelines of friendships, and that is all. And that's just healthy. It's not high, you know, expectations. And so this young lady comes from two educator parents. He meets her in college. And, and she's like a super distraction. It's funny to her. You know that she's a distraction. You know, she'll say things like, oh, that's when I met you, right? When you decided you didn't want to go back. When you were tired of school, start fucking up. And and the thing that was like a disturbing thing for me is he was visiting this home of this young lady and spending the weekend there. And in him spending the weekend there at this home with these educated parents, not one time did they ask him how... How is school going? And, you know, what's your plans, you know, so he can have somebody else to talk to besides us. 
And that bothered me because he made the decision to take a break without telling us so that we can support him and get him all set up with just feeling good stuff to help him make better decisions. And people often say, you know, sometimes you just got to let your kid fail. You got to let him fail, let him feel what it's like to fail. But unfortunately, like when the failure is being created for them, that's fucking with their head in a way that is confusing them. It's causing all types of other mental health issues. And that is the part that's not fair. So now we add failure, full on failure to that, where they don't have anything to fall back on to inspire them to catapult themselves back up. And sure, you have people who swear they know it all and they'll say things like, you know, let them fail. That'll be a wake up call. It's not for some. For some people who feel in their head that they're now disappointing their parents. They have all this other stuff going on. There's will against them. There's supremacy against them. And now the one thing they did have, because they didn't have money at home, they didn't have sports, you know, they didn't have anything but their academics. And now you get a teacher, and this is another show, who plays with your grades. So now you get a teacher who plays with your grades. And in having a teacher who's playing with your grades, now it's like they are not understanding that this is all you have that this is all you have and even though you don't realize your parents are like stop it we love you anyway we'll get to the bottom of this or you know just work harder we'll give you more tools whatever it takes to help you be successful but the child because that's all they have could very well feel like life is over when report cards come out and they don't know how they're going to make their way back from that And even though in school they don't have the cutest clothes or the cleanest clothes or their hair and the cutest style or even cut or done, but they have those grades. And now when you steal those grades from them by grade theft, you know, giving, taking unnecessary points off deliberately to lower the grade, um, you know, uh, saying you didn't receive the paper when you know you did just to give them a zero. You know, things like that that are going on in multiple school systems across our nation. And it's breaking down children across the nation that they didn't have anything else to get them to college. And and college means something to them. It may not mean something to everybody, but it means something to them. Or maybe somebody got themselves, um, you know, a scholarship to a college that just isn't, no, not even a scholarship. They because of the grade theft, they couldn't afford to actually get the grades that they were looking for. So they had to settle on a whack ass college, potentially not even a community college, because that could be great, but a whack college is something that was not in their best interest. The, you know, the professors aren't in their best interest. It's very clear, you know, it's just not for them. You know, it might just be a very wealthy or very rich are just very poor and dangerous because a lot of niggas like to go to school too, you know? And so you find yourself in this environment and you're like, let me just get my grades back up now. I'm away from this grades theft ass school, you know, achievement gap created school. And now I'm just going to get my grades back up and get out of here. But then you get a professor that's playing with your grades. That's taking points off for no damn reason because they just think you're cocky. They can feel your brilliance and they don't want to build on that. They want to tear it down. 
We need to get those people out of there. We need to speak up, not take it as, oh, well, you know, this person over there is doing great. So I should be doing great. We don't know what's going on. You understand? They might have an autism that allows them to decipher information, bullshit information properly. Or they just have the, you know, complexion for the protection that gets them the person, you know, the professor who's willing to give them all the grades, give them extra points for unnecessary things. We have that going on and it's terrible. So school sometimes can be real crazy in college as well. But I'm here to say and I'm here to fight because I know what they do. I've uncovered it. And all you have to do is speak the hell up. That's it. Just speak up. Because sometimes just speaking up is all you have to do. That's it. Just speak up. Because what you might not recognize is that somebody else is going through that as well. You understand? Somebody else could very well be going through that exact same thing and and you guys can collectively come together to stand against this wickedness. Somebody's got a trailblaze. You know, this teacher's been here for 46 years. Well, you know, it's time for them to go. It's time for them to go. Okay? Because if they're doing that to people, if they're, you know, kids are paying for this. And if they think, you know who gets a lot of grief from poor professors and it seems like it's set up to fail? People are getting state funding. People are getting funding for school. Yes, you're doing all the things right. Yes, you're brilliant. But guess what? It's just perpetuation of the great theft that was going on in your charter school that you're attending that was trying to keep you from winning. You know? Or they just thought that, you know, you weren't smart enough, so they gave you a scholarship to go to the state school. And they know that they tear down people with those scholarships and break down their, uh, you know, their confidence and, and make them not want to go back, or they just fail them out with the bullshit professors that like to play with people's grades. You don't have to let anything stop you. Not in elementary school. There's going to be, even if you get a terrible teacher in elementary school, you just, as a parent, stand with your child. If the child, if you're listening, you happen upon my podcast as a youngster, and you're listening, and it's like, well, you know, I got a terrible teacher. I don't have anybody to stand for me. My mom drinks too much or she's sleeping or she's not helping me. She doesn't believe me. Whatever it is, if you have access to the Internet, find yourself to the education advocate, free speech warrior page and speak up. Everybody's on Facebook. Get in there and speak up. You got help. You don't have to be alone. And sometimes it's so bad where people get hurt in school and people aren't getting the help they need. You don't always need an attorney. You need an advocate. And not somebody who's just going to sit there and tell you to just, you know, keep your head down. You know, we're coming for them. You understand? We're coming for them. And the reason why we're coming for them is because you're the future. And we need you to be blessed. We need you to have all your tools. We need you to feel blessed like you are going to you know, that you have somebody on your side and there's nothing greater than a great feeling. If you're a teacher listening to my podcast and you, and you want the best for your students, then please don't treat them like they're your nieces and nephews. Treat them like they're human beings that belong to somebody else that's entrusted to you to help inspire them to be great. Because there's going to be some kids 
that are great and you see it, but they really don't know. Like they just don't know and they need you to help them know. So if you get a little kid like that, we need you to recognize that for them, to help them and to ensure that they know. Okay? It's not going to be easy out there. Even as new teachers, we know that there's a lot of new people that get into education. And then the way the kids are, the way the parents are, it is so, like, you know, I guess in, <laughs> things are a little different in, um, in the little suburban schools, whether it's a black suburb or a white suburb. Unfortunately, to be honest with you, um, if there's no white people in the black suburb and it's like an islander suburb, it's even different than the non-black, than the white suburb, because it's all business oftentimes. You know, they get them in activities and stuff, but, you know, it's just quietness. Get home, eat, get yourself ready. You know, if you didn't do your homework earlier, then just get that done, and let's get you showering off to bed. You know, um, you know, the fun times are like, oh, what's the trend? Everybody going to Legoland? Okay, we're gonna go to Legoland take pictures look at us we're having fun with legoland oh we're gonna fly to jamaica for our family trip you know look at us let's take pictures we went on a family trip i mean a lot of kids would love that right but guess what i lived in both types and in, and the weird thing is in the white suburb even in la it was so different the smell of the place is different you know you smell like trees and eucalyptus and shit <laughs> so anyway um you, in the other one you might be like okay the kids are playing in the neighborhood you know because oftentimes these islanders and foreign blacks you know who come in and they end up in their suburban black neighborhoods that they create they don't even trust each other so you know their kids don't get to play outside or they have a lot of latchkey things going on you know whereas the non-black kids they got latchkey stuff going on too but they get a chance to jump on their bike and go hit the streets. Their parents aren't telling them, you know, stay in the house, stay in the house, you know, so nobody knows. It's get outside, get together with Tommy, you know, Tommy's mom might have snacks because you're at work and she knows you work. It's more of a community in the non-black environments. I'm just being honest. I don't, don't like, you know, give me a hard time about it. If you got something to say, get up in the comments. Don't just be passive aggressive, okay? I'm just trying to tell you how to make it better wherever we go. Like today, this morning, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I feel like, you know, we're about to have a huge situation with, um, a situation with, uh, you know, all hell breaking loose. You know, it's about to tap, you know? It's about to come to a head like it, Spike Lee's do the right thing something's about to happen right and so in knowing and thinking that something's about to happen we have to recognize that you know um we have to play our part to not be impacted by whatever's about to happen so i was thinking about it this morning and i was like you know i wanted to i was trying to get a house stop and stop i was trying to get a house in in this particular community that i love and, and an incident occurred that made me go, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to live in that community. F that community, right? But the thing is, is that, uh, the thing is, is that that community 
if we were going to go into a race war, is going to be one of the communities that it, somebody already has their heart set on going to go attempt to destroy. I'm sure they could find themselves in a position, but you know, some of the wicked do their research, so they could very well just find some people available to impact, you know, because they weren't paying attention. But I just know in this particular community, there is a large uh, military um, network. And so, you know, having a situation where, you know, you want to roll up on these people, you might, you know, run into some military stuff. But at the same time, you know, you could have people who are out of town and their family may have a military husband, but they are not no military shit. Excuse my expression. You understand? They may have military husbands, but the wives think that's his job. You know, it could very well be a situation like that. Where the wives think, the wives think it's their job and they're not equipped to come against somebody with guns and, and aggression. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, it's probably better off that I'm in this exact location that I'm in right now if anything were to pop off in a racial situation because... I don't think that they're going to be coming up into our situation, into the complex that I live in, you know, because um, they're different. And let me tell you something. We have a large number of, um, you know, foreign black people there. But they're not the ones that have um, the sedity mindset that, you know, they want to be civilized. <laughs> You know, not in this complex. This complex is different. And and let me just say that at one point, like before I ever learned that we were stalked, you know, being stalked by um, a maniac, a white maniac. Before we ever learned that that was going on, um, we ended up in a um, place where we were between apartments. You know, we were moving from one location to the next and. We found ourselves having to just take a quick place real quick. We had our two kids, you know, we just, something fell through with our housing. I don't remember what it was, but we ended up taking this real quick apartment, like a roomy type place in Brooklyn. It was real, like the baby was young, you know, and the crazy thing was that it was real ghetto, you know? I mean, it was behind a gate, the neighborhood was. The building was an, a Jamaican lady or like Grenadian lady and she had all of her grown kids wild kids living there they were grown I mean it was just craziness but she was a loving lady and even though somebody stole my husband's um <laughs> toolkit that he left outside by accident on the porch it was somebody in the house because she had a gate a serious gate around that property and I just remember you know, being like, wow, you know, this place is crazy, right? But what was even crazier was the fact that this place had the, like, force, like, the protection. Nobody could come breach that place to harass us. And and I was being stalked. My family was being stalked. And Rory was working nights, and I had a new baby, and I had a, you know, a six-year-old child, and, um... You know, I wasn't, I was at a disadvantage, put it that way. 
you know, I was at a disadvantage. At the time, I didn't even have a firearm, you know. So it was really, you know, a heavy situation. But in being educated and being, um, you know, raised in a survival type of family, I wasn't concerned. And, and I was in danger for sure because we're being stuck. But what God did, like now, what I was thinking, because I'm like, I cannot find my place, my ideal place that I want to own, you know, because I know how serious it is. And I don't want to just take anything at this point. Right. So I was thinking to myself, like, this is crazy. You know, maybe we're not meant to live here. But then I was thinking, maybe it's because of what's about to happen, because I can so very seriously feel um, something really huge coming and and I'm trying to tell my friends and family that we need to be ready for it because we just have to be able to protect ourselves from the people who are going to be so desperate and crazy you know or you know planning plotting you know what I mean you know desperation causes people to do a lot of crazy things so you just have to get yourself ready for that, those desperate acts, you know? <sighs> and so, one of the most important things to me is making sure that we don't fall victim, you know? That we don't fall victim to um, our own uh, lack of understanding and education, okay? So, our kids are going into a place we try to trust the teachers, but just know that there are pedophiles there. Your child could very well be a target if they don't look taken care of. But they can also be a um, target if they look very much taken care of, but not talked to. You know, because when they're going off to go be around grown people, when they need to go be around people their own age and they're constantly trying to find you know because they like this teacher or Mr. P.E. helper person you know whatever it is if they're in a situation where they are you know trying to put themselves in a position to be around somebody you understand when they go to do that that's putting themselves in danger and that is saying to the person the predator has been doing this for a minute that your child is not being watched or trained properly and now they are um, susceptible to the plans of the wicked, right? So we want you to make sure you talk to your children and inform them about the things going on in this world and why you're telling them to stay with the kids, stay with the group, you know, I used to use the analogy of sheep for my kids because I didn't want to um, rob them of their innocence through telling them the stories about what these people could do to them in a way that they would understand and take it seriously enough to not fall victim, you know, because of hardheadedness. You need them it, to make sense to them so that they will not fall victim. You understand? That's the reason. That's the reason. So, you know, kids think they know it all, especially once they get to a certain age. You know, they think they know it all. They think that they have all the answers. 
They think that they, you know, nobody's going to do anything to me. You know, you're tripping. They think we're crazy. They think we're crazy. And they think that we are just saying this to them. When in fact, no. It's really, really mean-spirited out there. There's some really mean people out there. Like, there's a lot going on. And we have to make sure that we let our kids know that um, not all adults are like, you know, Mr. Dave or so-and-so or uncle so-and-so. Oh, he reminds me of my uncle, but he's not your uncle, okay? So he doesn't have any reason to give a damn about you. And that is all. Because there are a lot of people who have the potential to be, you know, sick or whatever that do have a, a thing for kids. But the other thing they have mastered is just doing the right thing. So they recognize that, you know, that's just whatever's wrong with me that makes me think about kids in that manner is wrong. And I'm going to stay my ass away from these kids or I'm just going to enjoy them for what they're worth. And I'm not going to let that sick shit come over me. I'll date somebody old enough or I will go fool around with somebody who looks young, but is old enough, right? So, parents, please talk to your children going off to school, you know, walking, having a routine of the same thing all the time can very well put them in danger. You understand? So, you know, you want to make sure you don't help them, you know, be put in danger by not giving them the tools to go into the world. You don't have to talk to them about and um, remove their innocence with the scary talk. You can create it. You know, create a dialogue that is age-friendly, like maybe from some of the stories that you've read, or maybe go pick up a book, you know, Barnes and Nobles, or I don't know what bookstores are big right now. I love private bookstores, but the internet is great, you know, to find books and information on your topic because it's vast, right? So, you know, you can find yourself in a situation where you... Um, you need to get into the bookstore and and help your children, you know, get the age-appropriate story because you don't. I'm, it's super important to me that you don't allow wickedness to make you even you rob your kids of or introduce them to madness, trying to save them. Like, let me show you this real quick. No, there has to be a way that you can still keep them innocent, but alert them to the perils like you know the you can use analogies like a wolf or you know things like that you don't have to rob their innocence right super important okay so um in just saying to you that you know it's important that we communicate with our kids that are going off to school you know if you're leaving them home to be homeschooled and it's your secret you know and y'all just doing that they're not going to school and you don't, you don't let people know their home except somebody that you trust. An older female, my mama used to say, but you have to be careful because sometimes they gossip. And they might have, you know, relatives that are just weirdos who will take advantage of the fact that your child is home, right? So, you know, you want to make sure you pay attention to those things. All right, so school is in effect. It's the weekend. Well, it's Monday. And a lot of kids are headed back. It's okay. We don't have to be stressed if we could just get a routine. Call it your ritual, you know, a routine of communication, a routine of um, steady time to get the homework done. You must participate if you can. If you're in the house, 
Don't go hide away and not do that. Be in the vicinity. Ensure that they feel supported. Okay? So let me just start to get off of here before I'm parking and I'm rushing off. And I can't send you all the blessings that I want to send you. All right? So I want to give you supernatural faith, supernatural love, supernatural blessed safety, uh, you know, mercy, favor, and grace. Supernatural success in all you do today, that is of God. If you need any protection, I send you supernatural protection against any bully, against any, you know, wicked teacher. I pray that God sends you an angel to stand on the ground with you if you are lonely and you need a friend. Okay? Parents, same for you. I pray that God sends you a friend, you know, another parent that can help you maneuver everything so that you don't have to feel alone. All right, I say that love is great. Love is the answer. So I send you supernatural love. All right, that surpasses human understanding. Thank you for listening. You know, like, share, comment. Um, You know, be great today. Angels, I love you. You don't have to worry. It is a terrible time, but you don't have to fall victim. Get in your word. It's necessary, okay? Get in your word. Psalm 91 is a huge go-to psalm for me. You know, if I feel a little nervous or stressed, it's always that. I want to go to Psalm 37, but it's really, you know, it's really the Psalm 91 is the protected. And and that's what we need, right? We need protection. I love you. I thank you. Peace. Peace.